0: except for a heart singing hallelujah, Amen. Before we seated, I want to share with you a verse found in the book of Psalms. 13 and it reads How long Lord Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemies triumph over me? Look on me and answer Lord my God Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemies will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Would you all bow your heads and join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father we come before your throne of grace. First and foremost, Father God, we give thanks for all the things we have done in our lives, the things that you have orchestrated in the background. Today, Father God, I thank you for our lead pastor, Pastor Gary and his family, for all the love and support that they have poured out on not only myself, but this community, Father God. We lift them up to you. Today, Father God, I lift up the men and women who continue to volunteer and pour out love on our community as well. But Father God, today is a special day. Because today I want to spend time thinking about and talking about a group of people that may be feeling a feeling of separation from you, Heavenly Father. So today I pray that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds so we can receive the message the way you intended it to be received. Father God, I pray for that person that's sitting right now that hears the sound of my voice and they may be struggling with the detour in their life. They may be struggling with the pain and something that they haven't shared with anyone. I pray that they can receive this message at this time. Father God, I lift up the men and women who are watching online. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know the pain that they're feeling, but you do, Heavenly Father. I lift them up to you. And I pray in this moment that we're all gathered here together. Even though all of us have came through different ups and downs in our life, the one thing we have in common is we're here today. So I thank you for allowing us to be together in this moment. And I pray that you would just use this moment of worship so we can receive what it is that you would have us receive today. And I ask all of these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, brother. One weekend. After service, I did something that I often do. I went up front to pray with people. But this time was a little different because, you see, before this, I was hosting. And as I was walking off the stage, I remember thinking to myself, did I share everything that I needed to share? Did I forget anything? And as I was walking off the stage, I could see my team had already begun to pray with people. So I figured I would just kind of hang out in the background and kind of join in on a prayer later. And as I was hanging out in the background, one of our care team members, they see me there and they waves me over to come and join them in prayer. So as I walked over, our prayer team member, they asked me, they was like, do you mind praying for this couple? And I said, sure. And as the wife looked up, I could see the hurt that was in her eyes. And she looked at me and she asked me for prayer and I asked her, I said, how can I pray for you? And she said, Pastor, this may sound strange, but I just don't feel God's presence anymore. I just feel like he doesn't hear me anymore. Have you ever found yourself in a moment like that? Have you ever found yourself in a how-long moment? Have you ever been upset with God for not giving you something that you prayed for? Have you ever been upset with God for taking something away? Have you ever felt like God was not with you always? You see, this feeling of separation, abandonment, or rejection, it isn't new. In fact, I believe it's safe to say that we all have felt or will feel this way at one point in our life. In our time together today, I want to talk about some things that could hinder, hinders us from finding or recognizing God's presence in our life. It's important that we're able to identify these things because we have some control over the tribulations that we'll face in our life. What is tribulation? The suffering or difficulty that you and I experience in a particular situation. For example, if I choose to drive a car under the influence, there can be some pain and suffering that could occur because of that particular situation. As a husband, if I choose to go out and be out all hours of the night, ladies already know where I'm going with this one, there is some pain and suffering that could occur because of that situation. Both of these things happen and we may not have control over, but there are some things that happen that we don't have control over. You see, when we get in a car, we can't control the other driver's choices if they choose to get in a vehicle under the influence of alcohol. But we can pay for the choice that they have made. When our loved one chooses to go out and make bad decisions, we didn't choose to do that, but we will face and we will go through the tribulations because of the choice that they had made. You see, although we don't have control over all of life's detours, we do have full control over the anchor that we choose to hold on to while we're going through the storms in our life. When we find ourselves in the how-long moment, we do have control over who we decide to hold on to. After we say yes to Jesus Christ, for some of us, there is this high that happens. And as a new believer, you may you may think that your life is going to be this way all the time. I don't know if you guys remember the first time we say, yes, everything is great. Every year, we take around 40 guys on, on a trip called Wild at Heart. Amen. It's a trip that's led by our lead pastor. And on this trip, Men take a painful, deep, hard look at their lives and their relationship with Christ. But here's the thing. At the end of the trip, men come off that mountain on fire for their life, for their families, for the work that God has placed on their heart. But the one thing that all the leaders constantly tell these men is to be careful about their spiritual high for whenever it starts to come down. We let man know that although God has been working on their heart while they were on that mountain, the world oftentimes has not changed. That family member that wasn't talking to you may not still respond to that phone call. That argument that you had with your spouse still will need closure when you return home that son or daughter, the pain they were going through, you still may have to help them walk through that. We want the guys to understand that even though they're going through all of this ups and downs after this spiritual high, God is with them always. Just like the guy coming home from Wild at Heart, it's easy for us as believers to also be on fire for Christ. We come to church on Saturday or Sunday, PG shares a message that speaks right to our heart. I'm not talking about the message that you sit in a seat and you hear that you say, so-and-so needs to hear this. I'm talking about the message that Pastor Gary teaches and you're like, this one was for me. This one was for me. And after we receive that message, we're on fire. We get up out of our seats, we walk out into the parking lot, we get in our car, we turn on the Joy FM, we're feeling good. But then, life continues to happen. And when that unexpected thing pops up into your life, that's when everything becomes real. And we forget sometimes what Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, 12. And it reads, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. In James 1.12 it says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You see, oftentimes it's life's events that could put us on that path of not feeling God's presence in our life. It could be something like we're dealing with a sickness with ourselves, or a friend or a family member. Being a part of the prayer team is truly a blessing. I get to stand with the family and join them in prayer when they're going through the ups and downs of their life. It's one of the things that we all are called to do. I put this in my notes. In Galatians 6, 2, it says, carry each other's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. But there are some times when we go to pray with someone and they're upset. The news that they just received has them feeling separated. And there's anger there in that moment when we want to pray with them. Another of life events that can happen is the loss of a loved one. Every Monday here at our church, at 7 p.m., I lead a group called Grief Share. The men and women in our group fight every day, navigating through this thing called grief. We talk about our anger, our frustration, sadness. By all standards, death is the most dreaded event that we will face. And The men and women in that group continue to fight through it every day. And they have been an inspiration to me. Another event that can happen in our life that can kind of cause that separation is a broken home. Whether you're a parent or the child, whether it's parents that are on the verge of separation, or a kid that's constantly hearing mom and dad argue. Whenever we're living in these types of moments and we're experiencing this part of life, you know, we can cause this separation, it can cause anger, frustration. Another thing that we face in our life get, that can cause that separation is our sin. If we're truly honest with ourselves, our sin. I'm talking about the thing, the sin that you haven't shared with anyone, the thing that you hide from other people. But yet, and still, you know that you're hiding this thing and you haven't come forward with it, but it's causing this separation to happen. In your life. I just shared with you a couple of life's events that could cause us to not feel the presence of God. But sometimes, sometimes, that feeling just happens. We walk in the doors of the church. We speak to people whose lives have been changed because of Christ. We haven't suffered a loss of a loved one. We don't have a broken home. Everything has been fine. But for some reason, every day, you just feel pulled further and further and further away. You come in here and you sit in a seat next to someone and they're worshiping and they're having this experience with God. But you're standing there and you're like, I just can't feel God's presence. As a believer... When I find myself in a moment or in a season where I'm not feeling God's presence, I ask myself a question. What is going on in your life that may be hindering you from the things or calling that God has for you? You see, this is the truth for both believers and non-believers. We have full control over our relationship with God. No one else has control over that. You and I have full control over the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. Throughout God's Word, there are many scriptures that help us understand how to experience the presence of God but today I want to share with you and spend some time in Hebrews 12:1, And it reads, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. This verse outlines four ways to help us understand and experience God's presence. At the beginning of the verse, the author said, let us throw off everything that hinders. This is your first fill-in. Let us lay aside every hindrance. You see, we must identify the things in our life that are hindering or slowing down our relationship with God. God wants us to be responsible, but our everyday responsibilities should never replace our devotion to God. You see, time is the most valuable asset that you and I have. It's it's a non-renewable resource, and we can never get it back. We We spend our time on things like people, busyness of our career, social media. You see, this this will be different for each one of us. But we have to identify what are we spending our time on. And if that thing that we're spending our time on is hindering our relationship with God, what this scripture is saying, we need to set that aside. The second part is this. Turn away from sin. The second part of that verse, the author said, That sin that so easily entangles. If we are dealing with a sin that is reoccurring, it allows guilt to creep into our lives. And that feeling of guilt can create a separation from God. So when we're trying to connect with God through our worship and through our prayer, because we have this sin that we are trying to fight through, we're trying to fight through that guilt, trying to make this connection with God, it can become more and more difficult to do, especially if we have a sin that is reoccurring in our life over and over again. Then we find ourselves in a sin pattern, sinning and confessing, sinning and confessing. If we want to connect with God in a way that we desire, we must identify and turn away from sin. When talking about turning away from sin, the Bible has a word for that, and it's called repent. Acts 2:38 says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Ezekiel 18:30, it says, Therefore, you Israelites, I will judge each of you according to your own ways, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent, turn away from all of your offenses, then sin will not be your downfall. Turn away from sin. And the third thing is this, live our lives according to God's purpose. The next part in that verse, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. One of the main reasons that we don't feel God with us always is because God has a specific purpose outlined for you in your life. Everyone in this room, God has something set aside for you. But when we don't walk in that purpose, it causes that Feeling of separation between us and God. This can cause unrest in us because we know deep down inside we were created for something more. This feeling of unrest causes us to feel a disconnect from God. Your fourth feeling is this keep your focus on Jesus. And the verse said, Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. If we want to experience God in our life, we must keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. What does that look like? Quiet time with God. You see, it's important that we set aside time each day to spend with God. Try to pick a time of day where you're less likely to be interrupted This could be first thing in the morning. This is what my wife does. She wakes up early and she starts her day off with her devotion and being in God's word. I'm the opposite. I do it when I lay down at night and sometimes I fall asleep. But anyways, find the time of day for you to spend time with God. I remember when someone brought this to my attention and I was like, okay, I picked when I lay down and the day is over and I kind of go to God in prayer and I bring everything to him. Like if it was bad, if it was good, I'm just laying it at his feet. And I would be there and I would read some scripture and I would close my Bible and I'm in prayer with God and I'm laying there and I would fall asleep. And I felt so bad the next morning. I'm like, man, I just fell asleep on God. <laughs> so the next day I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this right. But every time I fell asleep and I fell asleep. And then I got to a point, you know what? I'm having this conversation. It's me and my heavenly father. He understands my heart better than anyone. So I just encourage you, find that time to spend with your heavenly father. Set aside that time to spend with God. Another way that we can do that is through prayer. Pray all the time. The Bible says this about prayer in Luke 18.1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. When the Bible says we should always pray, it doesn't mean that we're supposed to be on our knees 24 hours a day. But it does mean that everything we do should always have God on our mind. As we go throughout our day, some might think, say, everything we do, everything we do. We should always have God in our thoughts. But here's the thing. If we think about it, this is something that we do today with people in our lives that we are close to. The people that we have the closest relationships with. We think about them often when we're making life's decision every day. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. If you guys don't see me next week at church, please refer to your above notes and add me to your prayer list. Because I added this in after my wife seen my message. So here we go. So I went in a truck, okay? And I needed to take my car in for an oil change. My wife said, don't let them talk you into buying anything. Change the oil and come home. I said, "Okay, honey." And as as I sat in the lobby, I thought about my wife and the words that she said. As I got up and began to walk around the showroom floor, I continued to think about my wife and the words that she had said. As I walked outside and through the doors into the parking lot, I still could hear the words of my wife. As I opened the doors of the truck for the test drive, I heard my wife saying, get your butt back in there and sit down. (laughs) I heard my wife there. My point is this. We think about people that we're close to whenever we're making life's decisions, day in and day out. God wants us to have a relationship like that. He wants us to have that close relationship When we're about to make a decision in our life, whether it's small or big, he wants to be a part of that. There's not a situation in your life that you can think of that you can't take to our Heavenly Father. That's the relationship that he's talking about throughout Scripture. When you worship and sing and praise God, he wants that to happen. But not only here at the church, but when you leave the doors of the church... Give him praise always. Community is another way. How can we keep our focus on Jesus through community? By living life the way Jesus modeled for us. You see, Jesus could have done his whole ministry work alone, but he didn't. Because while he was doing this work, he also chose this time to teach disciples about the importance of community and the need for the local church. Hebrews 10.25 says, don't give up meeting together with other believers, with other believers, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, we must make it a priority every day in our life to spend time with God and to spend time doing community together. Here at our church, we offer groups. And you hear them talking about it on stage. In the hallway, we have the, the uh, house set up there. But it's important that we, are in, that we are involved with one another through community. When my wife's mother passed away, it was the men and women that we did life with through the church that came and showed love to us. It was the men and women that we spent time in community, on a serve team, or in groups. God has modeled this for us. These are just other ways that we can continue to grow closer to him. When that family came up front for prayer, I had to ask a question. You see, because the answer would determine how we respond when we're feeling separated from God. The way, the way they would answer that question, it would affect the direction that I would go to answering that question. Especially when we're talking about the presence of God in our lives. And what I mean is this. When the person came up and I asked them the question, I had to figure out are they a believer or a non-believer? Because that affects how we respond to the question. And the question is this. Have you accepted Jesus Christ in your life? The points that I have shared before this is for the people that have accepted Jesus. But I understand and I recognize in a room this size, with people watching online and in here, the truth is there's some people that haven't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that's the part of all of this that God has placed on my heart that speaks to me the most. Because here's the thing. The reality is this. We're all going to face difficult times in our life. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. But it's how we respond when we face those You know, as a believer, we can turn to our Heavenly Father. But for someone who doesn't believe, or someone who's on the fence and don't don't have that yet, that's the part that hurts my heart. That's what used to hurt me, that void of not accepting Jesus Christ. I love being part of a church that we don't dance around God's Word. One of our cold blues says... We are plan A. Jesus founded the local church. He also died for the spreading of the gospel through the local church. We are the only hope of the world. There is no plan B. On this very stage, our lead pastor teaches the gospel unapologetically, week in and week out. We have youth here every Wednesday at our church, led by Pastor Rusty, doing the same thing teaching God's word to the youth in our community. So as we talk about experiencing God's always in our life, I want all of us to understand that if we do not accept Jesus Christ in our life, there is a separation there. You will have this feeling of disconnect. In the book of John fourteen six, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would have known my Father as well. You see, Jesus is the universal point of access to God. It takes some of us a while to figure that out. I know it did for me. You see, I couldn't understand why I had this void that I had in my heart. I had a good job. My family didn't want or need for anything. I had a good group of friends, but there was something that was missing. All of the material things that I possessed, there was something that was missing. Not only in me and my marriage, there was something missing in me being the father to my children that I am supposed to be. There was something missing in my life. This part right here of this message, it stands out to me because it took for that moment for me to hit that lowest point in my life. For me to do one thing that changed the way my life was going. And that was for me to say yes to Jesus Christ. And I mean truly say it. So I don't know if we have someone in this room and maybe you're like me. Maybe you're how I was, you're on the fence, and you have everything else. Or maybe you're a person that you don't have nothing, but you have that void in your heart. I encourage you to turn to the one who is there for you, the one who loves you more than anyone on this side of eternity. You see, God wants to have a relationship with you. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 29, it says, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I remember when I started reading and I was, no, no, I'm veering off, I'm sorry, but when I started reading the Bible, I used to do this thing. I used to work at the water company and I'm probably telling on myself if any of my old supervisors are here, but anyways, I used to work at the water company. I got to this place after I started coming to New Walk Church and different men and women in our church was investing in not only me but my family and they would challenge me to read God's word. And so I'm like, okay, I got to find time. I'm working 12 hours all these hours. So what I would do is I, would, I drove, drove a forklift. I would take my phone. Kids, don't do this. I would take my phone and I would put it on top of my hard hat and I would press play in the book of Matthew. And I would just listen to the Bible being read to me. And I would do this every day, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew. And I just did this. But the word, I was just receiving this word. And so this verse right here is one of the verses that really touched my heart. In a powerful way. And it says this Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I remember in this season of my life, knowing that there had to be something more. When I was dealing with all that feeling of separation, I turned to the things of the world. You see, I was consuming these things, but nothing was working for me. I had turned to the alcohol, the high fulfilling of separation that I was feeling. I had turned to the alcohol, the numb the feeling of rejection that I was going through. I thank God every day for a mother who forced me to come to church as a young child. Because by her doing that, it laid a foundation in my life. So when I got older and I hit a point in my life that I had nowhere else to turn but to Jesus, no other anchor to hold on to but Jesus, I turned to him. I remember reading verses like Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Maybe you're someone who has not said yes to Jesus Christ. Maybe like me right now as we sit in this room gathered together, you feel God tugging at your heart. If you don't hear anything else in my message, I want you to understand this. God wants a relationship with you. You see, if you're living a life that is not pursuing God, that means your life is not being used for the purpose in which you were created. Here at our church, Our vision statement is this unleashing new purpose in every life through Jesus Christ. How do we do that? As a new believer, you seek God. You seek God in His Word through Scripture, through prayer, often. It's a way to communicate with God. I pray all the time, whether you're happy, whether you're sad, pray often by serving oftentimes you'll hear from stage we'll talk about boot camp coming up and the different serving opportunities we have here at New Walk Church this is what you're called to do all of us there's a special part in our heart that God has wired you and I this way what I mean is this we all love to receive gifts from people right but it's something about when you get a gift for someone else If you think about it, that emotion is more powerful than receiving. It starts as a little child when you hand your parents that ugly ashtray that we all don't receive, but we got kids, or your niece or nephew handed them this thing, because we're wired that way. We're wired to serve and to love on one another. I love that we have a church that provides opportunities like that for you and I. I stand here today because I said yes to those opportunities. I started out here at New Walk Church on the parking team. I loved the team, broken. The one thing I did different that I said to myself, and I made that promise to God, I was going to say yes to any opportunity to grow closer to him. I said yes to serving on the parking team. I said yes to joining a group. I said yes to leading a group. I said yes to tithing to the church. I said yes to leading when they asked me to lead. I said yes And then when you start doing those things, God just touches your heart in a way. We were all wired for that. At this moment, I just want to say for those that may be on that fence, and you haven't accepted Jesus, I want to pray with you. And all of us, if we can just bow our heads. I'm not going to do anything crazy, but I want to say this prayer with you, and you can say it with me, because this is your moment. This is your moment to say yes to Jesus Christ. Wherever you're sitting, you don't have to come up here or do anything, but your one-on-one conversation. It's as easy and as simple as this. Pastor, it got to be difficult. I've done so much things in my life. I have so many baggage. No, it's not. He knows everything that you've done. He knows the secret that you haven't shared with anybody, but he wants that relationship with you. So right now is our opportunity to go to our Heavenly Father and for us to say yes to Jesus Christ. All you have to do is accept that Jesus Christ is who he said he was and believe that he died and he rose again for you, that he's paid the price for that sin that you're carrying. And that you confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. That burden that you've been carrying, He's paid that price. And from this moment forward, you make Him the head of your life. Jesus, I thank you for the men and women in this room. I thank you for the person or the people that are sitting here today. Maybe they're on the fence, Father God. Maybe they have questions and they don't understand any of this that's going on. They have questions about Scripture, questions about your Word. I pray that you would put clarity in front of them, Father God, as they go on the journey to continue to grow like you've done with me and so many others. I pray that you would surround them with godly people that can be there to answer those questions. But, Father God, I say thank you to bringing them into this room today. I say thank you for bringing them watching online. And I don't know the hurt and pain that they're feeling that has caused them not to say yes to you. But what we're doing today, Father God, we're laying it at your feet. We're trusting in you at this moment. And they're saying yes to you as their heavenly Father. And they're taking the choice to say yes to you and make you the head of their life. Jesus God, we celebrate that. We celebrate that. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're a person that made that choice, if you would just put on your connection card that you've made that choice, maybe you have questions. We'll, we'll contact you, reach out. You can put question mark on it, circle it, Pastor Darius. Someone from my pastoral care team will reach out to you. Maybe you're someone right now today and you got a tug on your heart, you want to join the serve team. Put serve on your connection card, circle it. Someone to get in contact with you. But we want to be there. We want to walk with you through this journey in closing I have one more verse I want to share with you throughout scripture God doesn't promise us a life of ease and comfort but he does promise to be with us and take care of us take care of us even when things are bleak in Matthew 28:20, 20, it says teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Thank you.